The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. The culture war is back. And our two culture warriors this morning are back. Justin Trottier is the national executive director at the Center for Inquiry Canada. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Thank you, John. And Scott Masson has returned as well from last week, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. Good morning, Scott. Morning, John. You know, morning, and uh, I guess we're going to riff on a theme that's sort of been established earlier this morning, uh, the right of the individual or individuals to uh, be involved in what I see as less than exemplary behavior or not the model as uh, prescribed by the greater society. And what do I mean by that? Well, there's a, a court hearing underway before the B.C. Supreme Court uh, out, of course, in B.C., and uh, it involves this polygamous community in Bountiful, uh, where... Some of the men folk have multiple wives, and the question is whether or not this could withstand a constitutional challenge, uh, where some civil libertarians are suggesting this is a serious assault on civil liberties for uh, a government or anybody to decide consenting adults can't take up with one another, even in multiple marriages, uh, that kind of scenario. So what's wrong with multiple consenting adults entering into, whether it's, we call it marriage or civil unions or some such? Scott Masson, I'll start with you. Anything wrong with that? Well, there is something wrong with it, which is that uh, marriage is something that has been uh, given to us by God. And we would, uh, as Christians, say that it is something that God has revealed to be the uh, the medium by which uh, human society is blessed. Uh, the uh, Both the father and the mother are cared and nurtured. The children are uh, taken care of. And uh, by breaking that, we will break ourselves and our social uh, society will break down in one of two ways. It will either go in the uh, authoritarian direction, which we get in the polygamous marriages. They tend to be authoritarian societies that promote them. Or in, uh, I think, what we're seeing in the free love uh, from the left, uh, if you will, we see that there are uh, multiple uh, sexual relationships which result in children. And then we again see lawlessness and uh, criminality and uh, broken lives. Now, the there are exceptions to these rules, but in general, we can see that this is a trend. But if nobody's being coerced and they're all consenting, should we, uh, the rest of society, be able to impose our will and our values on people who want to do enter into these such arrangements? Mm -hmm. Justin? Yeah, I don't think so. I think the issue really is just and only really consent and issues of potential human rights abuses. It's interesting that Scott immediately went to a religious ideological underpinning to support uh, his stance against polygamy. In fact, I take strong opposition to a, many of the ways in which this was carried out by the government and the courts in the last few years dealing with the polygamy situation. But I do agree with one thing that the provincial government lawyer who's arguing against polygamy for the status quo, Craig Jones, and what he said was that he rejected the notion that religion had anything to do with it. Essentially, what he said was, we need to be looking at whether the practice uh, protects or impedes the protection of harmful people, and that that's the framing of the issue. And it, 
really doesn't matter that this might be somebody's religious um, inclination. On the other hand, if it's shown that there is a harm that's created, then one can fall back on a religious um, perspective to defend uh, one's marriage, one's invocation of marriage. And Scott, I would say the same to you, that you can't use your definition of marriage to rule against polygamy. I think we need to look at who's being harmed. We need to look at if the laws were changed, what would be the um, uh, the implications for uh, all sorts of legislation that currently holds regarding the economic systems we have in place in which certain benefits are given to uh, monogamous couples that enter into marriage in, in different ways. So you'd ways. be happy with calling them civil unions. If uh, six people wanted to marry each other mm-hmm. and call them civil unions, you'd be okay going along with that. Well, I just generally don't think that the government has any role in forcing its moral code on its citizens with respect to the institution of marriage. I do think that the government obviously has obligations when it comes to where marriage, where the legislations, in, uh, where marriage impacts on existing legislations. And I mentioned, for example, well, actually, there's all sorts of things. I mean, I mentioned economic tax breaks, contributing to RSPs. I mean, the devil's in the details here. I'm not in favor of of just outright legalizing polygamy, because I do think that we need to really look at the legal implications of All right, this. But wasn't that the inevitability when gay marriage was sanctioned and that became enshrined as a protected thing within the Constitution? Uh, Scott Masson, did we not sort of anticipate that there would be challenges at least on this basis? You can marry as many partners as you want. Who is uh, going to stand up and intervene and say it's wrong to do? You have a right to do that if you're a consenting adult. This is what Christians argued at the time when uh, the same-sex marriage uh, legislation went forward and was voted on by Parliament, uh, and I must say also without freedom of conscience being allowed by the Prime Minister at the time. There was a three-line whip on this. Uh, You had to vote according to the party's position, so I I found that interesting that coercion comes on such a uh, a legislation. But uh, for me, this is a clear attack in both cases on the family unit. That is what is at issue here. It is not whether polygamy should be permitted. It is not really whether homosexual marriage should be included. It is whether uh, marriage between one man and one woman is going to become the norm for society. And what's interesting in the B.C. court case is that the B.C. government refused to touch this for about a decade or so, even though complaints were being heard, uh, because, at least this is what I understand, because they thought that, the, that the, uh, it wouldn't stand up under, the, uh, under challenge in court. So they didn't want to bring it forward. So that begs the question for me, why are they bringing it forward right now? And again, that goes back to my conspiracy theory, which uh, may or may not be true. But uh, they hope that the uh, legislation on marriage will be struck down. And effectively, what we have then is carte blanche. Now, this fits so in. anything can define a marriage. It will effectively be the case. Mm-hmm. Now, progressive le- legal uh, scholars have been putting forward a case for the legalization of polygamy for decades now. And that has been supported by uh, radical feminism, and it's been promoted by the gay community, and it has been Scott, promoted by the polygamous community. To, so from the left mm. and the right, there has been an attack on marriage as an institution, and so there is this, co- uh, this coalition of two opposite. Yeah. You get Islam on the one hand, you get uh, the Mormons on the one hand, the very conservative. Okay, b- before we bring everything so- from feminism to Islam, can we just kind of go back to where you started? You commented on... No, I, I, I think the, I'm happy where we you, are you right now. You commented on, on sort of asking the question of why we're investigating what's going on in Bountiful at this particular time. And, and I agree and with I you. Why, did, why didn't it happen a decade ago when these allegations of abuse and child brides were what's first brought to the public's attention? But it's those abuse cases that I think really should be the heart of this issue. And 
I think that there are many legal wow. scholars and many uh, defenders of, 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 the human, of the human rights of children who have come out and said that, in fact, legalizing polygamy would actually open up these communities. The government could then go in and enforce existing law with respect to trafficking and issues of boys being abandoned because there are too many, too many young men and, and not enough women because they all get married to a small subset of the men. Well, the- I mean, I'm talking about you know, Queen's University law professor, Beverly Baines, who's, who's quite renowned in this area, who's actually for polygamy. Well, not for polygamy, but she's against the status quo. The current laws, because of the way they've enabled communities like Bountiful to right. sort of what you're hush saying, up though, these, these controversies. Th- there are like seemingly two separate tracks here in this discussion. I mean, there's the idea that there's abuse taking place and we want to eradicate that, whether it's forced marriages or child brides. Certainly. I, I think any conscientious person sees that. Uh, but then it's the civil liberties argument that uh, says consenting adults not being coerced into these arrangements. That's really what's at t- on the table here. And, Scott, you're saying this redefinition or just having a lax attitude towards what constitutes the traditional marriage uh, has to be supported or defended uh, and perhaps why they didn't want to go at this 10 years ago, they didn't feel the time was right or propitious, and perhaps there's a certain emboldenment now that exists that says uh, we, we, we can, can take this on. Here. Yeah, and the result of that will be, of course, government control over everyone's sex lives. It's interesting that Pierre Trudeau wanted the state to remain out of people's bedrooms. Justin and uh, the progressivists on this want the state back in everybody's bedrooms to, Not at all. Make, I want to, to make sure that there's no section abuse. Section 293, because right now, if Section 293 were actually implemented properly, many Many legal now, scholars how we believe that it, it could actually mean that an individual couldn't willingly enter into consensual polyamorous relationships, right, so never mind begs, being married, just conjugal begs, unions. It begs would the be question illegal. of what would be a proper human relationship, and you don't have any definition of that, Justin. But, you think that anything but, goes. But, as but long no, no, as but it's I'm just abusive. criticizing your characterization of me as suggesting that the state should be the one to impose its its definition of No, it's of going mar- to oversee and make sure there's no abuse. I don't want you or no, the state imposing definition. No, I don't impose it at all. I say that ceremonial marriage by God. Ceremonial, not, not that's by fine. I, okay, not then, by the state. Then you would agree that a ceremonial marriage should be sort of sanctified by, in your case, a religious authority. In my case, I don't know, a secular humanist association. What would you care, right, of how I got married? But when it comes to the actual civil code in terms of how the government defines marriage, it should be as broad as possible. It should let people make the, their own decisions. All right, hang as on long to as that. consent is okay. Is I want no, to find no. I want to, all right, Scott, you, you beg to differ. I'll give you some uh, moments after the break, but I wanted to find out how the folks feel about it because it's a landmark ruling, may go to the Supreme Court. I think it's almost inevitable that it does. Uh, the challenge on the uh, assumption that as long as the, uh, all the adults, and they are adults, are consenting, uh, what's wrong with polygamous civil unions or marriages, if you will? Uh, some are saying to deny folks this right out there in Bountiful, the community of the Church of Latter-day Saints, is somehow an assault on civil liberties. Uh, which side, Jan, you uh, agree with the civil libertarians? They should be allowed to enter into these arrangements. Yes or no? 870-6400, star 640 on cell. All right, let's get back into it with our culture warriors this morning. We've got Justin Trottier, the uh, National Executive Director of the Centre for Inquiry Canada, and Scott Masson, Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and we're discussing 
this big court case out in B.C. before their Supreme Court, probably make it to the Supreme Court of Canada, looking at polygamous arrangements, uh, whether they're called marriages, not just yet, but perhaps someday, because that's the challenge. Should they be allowed these consenting adults? We're not talking about coerced kids or child brides. We're talking about adults uh, should have the right to enter these unions, and who's to say they couldn't? It's an assault on civil liberties, says uh, one of the challenges before the court now, and uh, therefore uh, it's preposterous to challenge these folk. Uh, you know, and when we talk about this polygamous sect out in Bountiful, uh, the implications are that if this is green-lighted, or at least uh, you can't impose, the state can't impose its will on these arrangements, there are Muslim communities as well that are also given to polygamous arrangements. We've known this from countries uh, in the Middle East, for example. Several wives are part of uh, the culture there and a yeah. cultural practice. So if yeah. that comes to pass, is that part and parcel maybe of this overall challenge? I know it's just the Latter-day Saints that are in the crosshairs right now, but can you see a broader implication in this ruling? Well, it would seem obvious that that was the case, and it, it certainly is the case that uh, different cultures bring their norms and practices with them. Uh, we've seen some of the consequences in countries like France, which has, and Britain for that matter, which have much larger Muslim populations where polygamy is, in fact, a uh, regular occurrence, and we can see problems with that so- socially and otherwise. Uh, there have been riots in, in the streets of France and, quite frankly, in England, and, and one of the reasons is precisely because there's an authoritarian uh, structure in society which is, which, structure which is at is not the cause of the problem. It's one of the many effects of some sort of problem that's, I think, more, more inherent in many of these these fundamentalist religions and these sects and cults like the fundamentalist church of uh, fundamentalist cult uh, sect, excuse me, of the Church of Latter-day Saints. I think what we're forgetting is that there are far more people who engage in totally voluntary and consensual polyamorous relationships. There, there's the Canadian Polyamory Advocacy Association that I just stumbled upon when I was <laughs> never researching for this. Okay. Well, I hadn't either, um, to be fair. But they, they, they do claim a, a large uh, constituency, mostly people who are... Uh, sort of behind closed doors because what they're doing is is actually illegal. That is, they're not in any sense actually married because that's not allowed, but they are engaging in what, according to the current formulation of the law, is an illegal activity. And changing the law would simply allow such people to do what they've been doing, to share property together, potentially raise children together, All or right, have bottom sex. Bottom line is it's civil liberties that are on the table. That's what here. I'm defending, that's what you, yes. All right, let's see what the folks have to say. Olga, we'll start with you. Good morning. You're on The Oakley Show. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I'm just curious if any of you guys heard uh, polygamy and reverse gender. I've never come across a group of females that practice having multiple husbands. <laughs> so if, and if that is the case, I think that that polygamy is very one-sided, and I, regardless of the age of the bride, I don't think there's much consenting going on. Mm. These females, for most part... But if I there were, think- Olga, if there were consent across the board and seven adults wanted to enter into this arrangement, are you good with that? Absolutely not, and I really don't think there's that much of a consent. These females have been brought up from day one to believe that this is the way of life. So can you tell me that that's a consent? I really don't think so. All right, but if the door is open, let's say, and this is uh, allowed, it's given sort of uh, the blessing or the green light of society, perhaps would it encourage, Scott, uh, people to enter into these relationships where a guy might say, geez, you know, I love three women instead of having affairs and cheating. We can all just live happily under one roof. Do you well, see I, that as being a danger? I think it's, a, it's an imminent reality, and one of the reasons is precisely because uh, along with uh, whatever is normative uh, comes uh, social 
advantages and disadvantages that come along and will encourage and discourage that. And the government will involve itself, as we've just said from the outset, in the bedroom. Uh, at issue here for me, and Justin doesn't agree with me on this, he thinks it's just a matter of consent. For me, the issue here is that there is a moral ordering of society and it flows from a higher standard of the good and of right behavior and that flows on downwards. And this standard creates uh, stigma. So a marriage is, there's no doubt about it, it's a prejudice, it's a stigma, uh, and there are consequences that come mm -hmm. along that way. We agree with that. Um, now, the, the opposite case, which is the civil libertarian perspective, it says that all values are chosen by people with equal worth and rights, and therefore all values no, are, no, no. are no, equal. No, not all values. Values don't, me, that don't, don't harm other people. That's, that's an unfair Let me finish here. To insist otherwise is to impose your values. So we're imposing marriage on people, and this is not right, because, of course, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it denies my freedom. But neither the family nor society as a whole can survive as a moral community without the positive discrimination and stigma that comes with defending the good. And now the liberal meaning of tolerance, for instance, which will always come up in these debates, is not in itself a good. It's a declaration that everything is good. We're going to tolerate for, everything. For, for, now, so it's moral that means that nothing is bad. Moral that, that's relativism. That's a gross mischaracterization. I've never defended moral relativism. I'm not saying I'm you saying have, but it's part of the case of civil libertarians, and it's part of enough, the court but you did challenge. say that this is where you and I disagree, so let me just tell you where we do agree. I think we do agree that there are limits to what people can consent to do. They can't consent to do things that deprive other people of their consent or deprive other people of their rights. But I, I don't defend the moral order as you characterize it as emanating from God. I do believe that there is a kind of natural law. I do believe that if we look at our natural proclivities, Homo sapiens sapien is not a perfectly monogamous species. There are members of the species that thrive in uh, less than monogamous relationships. Okay, and Justin, if, if a group of them You're redefining consent, the norm is what you're saying. You're yes. saying well, this is, a, this is a biological fact, though, that our species, is. we can see this, is, is not, okay. A, okay. It's not got, a purely monogamous relationship. So you, you're, you support um, same-sex marriage, though, do you not? Absolutely. Okay, so let's, let's move it to the natural law. Okay. Sure, well, ahead. Immanuel Kant says that we should act only according to that maxim whereby we can, at the same time, will that it will be a universal Law. Now, let, let me put it this way. If that's the case, then we should be able to say that everyone should be in a same-sex relationship. If that is the case, huh. and we will it for all people in all places, then we will have no human beings no, left. No, the we general law or maximum so it, it goes against that people the can enter law. into any kind of relationship no, 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 that no, no, they no. want that no, no, is if, not harming if, anybody if else. If same-sex marriage is good, then we ought to will it for everyone, in which case there will be no more human beings. We ought to allow it for beings. everybody. You're, 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 you're playing on semantics here. No, no, no. You no, don't understand reason. A quick impression. Henny Youngman at the Polygamous Conference. Take my wives, please. All right. Uh, you know, the other thing that uh, I heard Justin Trotje just mentioning moments ago, uh, they're already practicing it, so legalize it. Were you saying that while I was in my absence here, Justin? Yes, but I was about to clarify. And, uh, <laughs> which when, I, when to which I said, to the, what, murder also happens, so why don't we legalize that by the same argument? I mean, come on. No, so, what we'd be legalizing is something that is not a crime. We'd be legalizing... It is the, a crime currently, actually. What we'd be, well, it's not a crime morally to me, and I don't think it well, is, it to, is to thousands of people that live in these kinds of polyamorous relationships. Whether they agree or not, that has nothing to do with it. That's got nothing to do with it. But to it, equate it to something like murder, which is, by everybody's standards, a crime. That's where, not true. I'm sorry? That's not true. Some people are, are willing to allow murder and say that it's okay. All right, we're gonna we're digressing here. I want to get back to it because <laughs> we are a lot of calls, and uh, really for those who are just joining the program on the culture war this morning, Justin Trotchy and Scott Masson debating this uh, idea in BC. They're looking at the polygamous community in Bountiful, so, and uh, it's a court challenge that says uh, they are consenting adults. Let's take any abusive, coerced situations out of there and say if they want to get on together in a civil union like thing. Uh, 
who should we be to tell them they can't? Uh, agree or disagree? Would you support these multiple marriages? Robin Whitby, what do you say? Hey, good morning. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, can't, uh, I can't really believe it because, uh, you know, it's not just uh, consenting adults in a family relationship. It's also the children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what about the best interests of the children? Like, there's been absolutely no studies. What kind of psychological research has been done for all these kind of odd relationships? What, what impact does it have on the children? We have a children's aid society that parents uh, take drugs, okay, because of the impact on the children. You know, uh, let me just cut to the chase because a lot of calls you could say, well, should we not allow couples to divorce then or to uh, marry multiple times because this is also detrimental to children? I don't know if that argument is going to wash here, but Scott, did you want to? Okay, you don't want to touch that neither. Uh, Let's move on. Owen next in Toronto. You're on the Oakley Show. Polygamous relationships. Should we give this the blessing of the charter protection? Yes, well, you see, yeah, because having two wives. We're multiplying to create nature to grow, okay? And if you see two men together, two women together, how can nature grows? I'm not sure I'm understanding. You're saying then multiple partners leads to many more children. Nature will grow or the society will grow. Yes, because what happened? Two men can't have kids. Two women can't have kids. All right, well, uh, so... (laughs) He's against the gay marriage idea, but uh, multiple wives or partners that way, heterosexually speaking, he's good with. Uh, let me move to Sue next and Mississauga here while uh, we're still in the debate over polygamous arrangements. Would you sanction these legally, Sue? Uh, hey, John. First time caller. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you for calling. And uh, we've got Scott Masson here and Justin Trottier wondering. They're on both sides of this equation on either side. Uh, how about you? Well, the thing is, whether any of us agree personally with plural marriage or not, they still happen. You know, the thing is, people just don't report it legally, you know. All right, so do you want it to come out from the shadows and this to be sanctioned legally? In the end, it benefits the women, um, you know, the quote-unquote second or third wife, because if they want to file for divorce legally, they still have you know, um, those claims you know, in terms of, like, getting some kind of compensation or a spousal support, whereas if, the, if it's not legal, sank, it's not mm-hmm. sanctioned, mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, the husband or whatever, they, they can just get divorced and they don't have All right, to. It was a similar this, argument. This is clarifying exactly what I was saying during the break there, that, that in, in, the, in this case, when you do have, when we don't know the numbers, precisely because as our caller is, is so eloquently saying, people can't register because it's illegal, but we know that it's, it's a lot of people, uh, as some of these advocacy associations uh, may claim. Um, and we would actually be able to investigate harmful situations like these particular cults and also be able to enforce in a comprehensive and thorough way um, legislation which would be broadened to protect people that would suddenly um, uh, be publicly knowledgeable of existing in these sorts of relationships. They wouldn't be so vulnerable if we could actually consistently use the law in, in their favor. So I agree with well, I agree with this call. All right, so I understand you, Justin. What you're saying is, and by the way, would you favor that uh, these polygamous arrangements were called or uh, referred to as civil unions or marriages, full-on marriages? Would you be willing to go that far? Uh, I would. I, I do think that marriage is yeah. the, the, the establishment of marriage is mostly a ceremonial and, and in that sense, a religious construct. And I think everything should really be a civil union with equal economic uh, implications and that marriage really be should be moved outside of the government sphere. You'd, but since we do have marriage within the government's jurisdiction, yes, I think it only makes sense we apply that term. All right. So it would be called a marriage in 
your view of things uh, equal to a marriage between a man and a woman or two men and two women, as is the case now with gay marriage also being recognized? You're saying it's all the same. Well, I'd like to see us drop Section 293. That's what I keep harping on. That's the status quo. That's the outdated, um, uh, archaic, inconsistent, and poorly actually not enforced. It hasn't been enforced in 60 years that, that, that bans polygamy. Once that's removed, then I think we need a series of heavy-duty government um, uh, government committee meetings and, and uh, with consultation to, from the public to see how all the legislation we currently have on the books would be affected, and it would be it would be a huge undertaking. So I'm not sure mm. that the economics and all the other <laughs> implications would favor it, but I'd be open to at least investigating that. And that hasn't really happened yet, so I can't really weigh in on how. All right, that a would previous go. caller Scott had brought up the protection of the children. What about the the societal protection? I mean, some of these communities where you know you've got. Uh, First cousins marrying, and uh, you know there were all kinds of consequences to that. The unintended consequences is that a consideration that the government has a role, society has a role to intercede and to uh, stop this. Well, look, I mean that's the whole point of having it in the uh, in the code that uh, uh, legislation two nine three that Justin talks about. Uh, the uh, the law recognizes that uh, uh, civil society and moral good is. Uh, flourishes under these conditions, and that's precisely why it is stipulated as such. That's why it, it hasn't just been recognized. actually enforced in 60 years. Well, I think that it ought to have been enforced myself, and that begs a different and question. And if it did, thousands of what I would call ethically innocent Canadians would have been caught in that very wide net if that law isn't amended or removed entirely. Well, I don't know if they're ethically innocent or not. Neither do you. I, I, All right, let me grab another fast call. Uh, okay, lost that caller. Let me go one more here, and uh, we'll sort of wrap the thing. Sonny in Richmond Hill, what do you say? Yeah, I'd just like to refer to the first co- uh, guest that you had that made the argument that this is uh, um, uh, um, morally ordained by God, and uh, it comes from a Christian's perspective. My question is basically that, he says that it comes from a Christian perspective. So are the Church of Latter-day Saints not Christian? No. And then they, pardon? No. They're not Christian? No. And, and who determined that? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Scott. It's just yours. <laughs> okay, well, the, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints uh, came from Joseph Smith, uh, who uh, claimed to have a revelation from God, which he received privately, and then he presented privately, and... Uh, and everybody then acted upon that. Uh, the Christian revelation was given uh, to Moses, and it was seen and witnessed by the people of Israel. It's been uh, publicly proclaimed, it's been publicly seen, and it's been publicly practiced for 2,000 years. So, so polygamy you, has been no, practiced throughout the, throughout the world and throughout history, but the consequences of polygamy are always disastrous, always. You can look at any society where polygamy well, because reigns. Because we don't have laws protecting people from human rights matter. abuses. No, it doesn't matter. Polygamy is, is, in, version of polygamy is contingent on patriarchy and it's a, a authoritarian and repressive women and children always suffer from it always yeah, but you have a weak argument i have no weak argument what yeah, is your argument you say, sir uh, the, 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 if it was revealed or, or uh, accepted from a, a deity from from what was the gentleman's name i just joseph forgot. smith it was around 1821 wasn't it thereabouts yeah revelation of the ten commandments how? no 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 he had he had how a revelation moses get his revelation of the ten commandments how did he so receive your argument it? Is, yeah, your argument is very weak because then you would say the Jews are not uh, uh, believers in the Bible. That's not true. 
Yeah, you just said that the guy from the Christian... Uh, 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 you're doubting the veracity of the underpinnings of either of these two faiths, uh, and uh, therefore you're saying it's all a crock, Sonny, if I'm reading you loudly uh, and clearly. I've got to let you go because uh, the segment has come to an end. But, gentlemen, I mean, this is a, a landmark ruling that's coming down any, any day now. It's imminent in uh, B.C. with their Supreme Court looking at it and probably going to be kicked up. Guess, Scott, uh, to the Supreme Court of Canada? I would have thought so. It's that important to yeah. uh, the society Almost and the certainly. culture. All right, well, which is why we had it... Uh, addressed on the culture war this morning. Justin Trottier is the National Executive Director at the Centre for Inquiry Canada. And Scott Mass, an Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. I thank you both for coming in. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.